everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Yeah, I actually I took a grenade pre-workout, but it wasn't meant to be a pre-workout. It was meant to be a multivitamin. Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> I realised as I was swallowing it, I was like, oh, I just took the wrong thing. And then I was like, well, now it's too late. <laughs> and now I'm just going to wash it down with some more caffeine. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. Well, this will be a fun life because Chloe should probably in about 20 minutes get a really big hit of caffeine. Yeah, and you know, do you know what's so funny, right? I get like mixed messages about how fast I talk. So some people are like, oh, I thought that I had you on like 1.5 speed, but you just talk that fast. And then some people are like, oh, I just thought you talk that fast. And then I realized I had you on 1.5 speed. So I'm like, I'm getting mixed messages. Do I talk really, really, really fast or do I not? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think you do excessively. Like I've never noticed it. Well, I guess I'll listen to this back and have a have a goosey gander myself. Um, okay, so I have the questions posted up. I'm back for my Bitha guys, so I will be more present. I mean, I hope that I've been present. I think you've done really should... freaking well. I mean, I hope so. But um, Emma's definitely been picking up some of the slack. Um, so I hope that I should be slightly more present. Um, and let's jump right into the question. So... Claire Banfield says, hi, Emma, Chloe. In regards to the workouts, I understand that the weighted sessions are to be prioritized. I have only recently started three to four hit sessions per week, just on the treadmill slash cross trainer for 30 minutes. And I introduced this because I felt so unfit cardio wise. Should I look to continue on with this or park this for now and concentrate on weights and steps only? Thank you. So great question. Um, My initial thoughts are, and this is me being a really pedantic, patronizing, annoying coach, and I am aware of that. But I also do feel like it is kind of part of my job to clear up any in passing kind of errors, re what we do. So just the first thing um, is it's highly unlikely that you're doing real, real, real hit on a treadmill or cross trainer. It's more like you're probably just doing some like interval training, um, cycling in slightly higher intensity with slightly more moderate intensity. And if you're saying to me that you really want to get your cardiovascular fitness up and, and you enjoy these sessions, I'm more than happy for you to keep them in. That being said, they don't have to be of that interval style. You could be doing moderate state, um, cardio and be getting your fitness up. And to be honest, anecdotally in my experience as a coach it might have less of an impact on your hunger levels but you know that doesn't apply to everyone so again like I say if you want to get your fitness up and you're enjoying these sessions I'm fine with that so long as you're getting in three of our weighted sessions a week so why don't you top and tail it and do three of yours three of ours and one full rest day a week where you hit steps and yes steps are a, a, a target for every single one of you to hit regardless of goals um Emma what are your thoughts on that I think that sometimes there's this false dichotomy between resistance training and cardio and as Chloe's saying do both because they both have benefits another thing just to note and again like I would still do both but resistance training will improve your cardiovascular health and fitness as well 
yeah you're still working your heart you're still pumping blood to those working muscles you're still working those systems and they will adapt to that stimulus and make you fitter so although you might not feel like you're doing cardio actually getting stronger or lifting weights does improve your cardiovascular fitness and even if you think of that as like a lower percentage of your maximal so let's say that before you could only squat i don't know 20 kilograms and now you can squat 60 kilograms bearing in mind when you're moving around all day as well you're working at a lower percentage of your maximal strength and this is why it's really important for endurance athletes to do um strength training as well and i think sometimes it's negated because they're like well surely it's better just to do more and more endurance well if you're stronger then you know running becomes way easier because it's at a lower percentage of what you can maximally do so that's an important aspect as well um but yeah completely agree with what chloe said i think that's a good plan if you are limited for time if you're like i can only do three workouts let's get at least two resistance training workouts in and if you want to do hit on the third one or some kind of cardio fine agreed agreed yeah i like that i think all of you should you know we do i think it's probably as a result of the physique world right emma like that people split up like cardio and weightlifting and and that you know makes sense in that context but generally speaking a much how we're like steps are a non-negotiable cut like we want you guys just really again regardless of the specificity of the goal we want you all aiming to be fit and healthy and there's definitely a time and place for both um and and as emma said as all in a mixed bag happening together <laughs> like i i know when i do like there's certain things when i do rdls weirdly i don't know why so it always comes down to rdls when i do rdls with the olympic bar oh my god like my heart rate that's like cardio for real but weirdly when i do them actually know as well when i do them with dumbbells but funnily enough i really feel it in my core when i do it with dumbbells like it's a real ab exercise for me in a way that it isn't with the bar and yeah it's just a nice example of how all of these things do kind of melt in together do you think either you lift heavier with the bar or hold your breath a little bit i don't know i think well you know what I'm, you know what, in terms of like cardiovascular, like activity, I actually feel it with both the dumbbells and the bar, but I do feel it more with the bar. Maybe it's because the intensity is more, but with that even, doesn't even really make sense, does it? Interesting. Um, And on this note as well, Kerry has been doing her 40 push-up challenge. So her challenge is to get 40 push-ups by the end of this round, which is incredible. And the reason that it's 40 is because I shared a study that showed that men who can get and this is the thing that I maybe missed out it was men <laughs> I've not told Carrie this but whatever <laughs> no. it the study was done on men and it was men that got over or could do over 40 press-ups had a far lower risk of cardiovascular disease and it actually was a really interesting correlation between push-up strength which is a really easy marker for people to measure and cardiovascular disease risk yeah um, exactly. so that's why she's trying to get 40 push-ups which is a very tough uh target oh joe says that she does know that she says men schmen <laughs> um no but that's also a really nice point that emma's just kind of well backed up the our point with which is that they're all intertwined they're all interlinked and if you're again if you're going to talk about specificity everything's going to benefit everything else you're talking about physiology here um and yes i that that is study is why my dad does i think he does like 50 push-ups a day um what in one go 
yeah, he's really good. Him and my brother, and yeah, like so, they're both really. They we we all have quite strong upper bodies. Um, but him and my brother in particular, like they've been doing this for like years and years and years now, and they're they can like really nail their push-ups. I'm I'm stuck at 20, so I'm doing this 40 push-up challenge with Kerry. How many can you do, Emma? I bet you can do loads. I've not maxed out for a while, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably close to like 60. Yeah, I 20 my max. I definitely want to try push up. That tends to be why I stop. Why I'm like, oh, okay, fine, I've done that now. Time to move on to the next thing. And then I see someone like that girl, that Claire girl, doing her like 100 pull-ups on her pull-up bar on her camper van and I'm like I really need to <laughs> up my game yeah from 10. <laughs> it is I think if you were like let's see how many I can actually do you'd be quite surprised yeah I'm right, sure let's yeah. do it get on the you just had pre-workout <laughs> I know well I, I'm gonna go train after this I was gonna try train anyway all right all right time to focus okay Mary Squires hi I buy a training plan from somewhere else and I'm really enjoying it bought i buy it i don't know um is it okay to stick to this one it's usually three to four days a week weights at home but using gym equipment i have a squat rack bench and dumbbells yeah i you know what and this really also applies to those of you who are very experienced with your training and your gym and i'm sure we've got quite a few pts on here well i know we do I'm more than happy for you to do the, the the training that you enjoy, that you know works for you. Like we all know there are some exercises that work for our biomechanics better than others. And if we've programmed one and not the other, obviously, if you know what you're doing, change it. Um, it's only when, you know, if we have people who aren't that experienced and then they start to not get the results that they want, that's when we'd be like, okay, let's try and move into ours. But yeah, initially, if you found something you love, that's part of it, go for it. Emma? Yeah, I feel the same. Like, if you're getting the results that you want, fine. If you find that you're not, then maybe try something else. I would also maybe just, like, if you're reaching a point where you're a little bit bored or you want to just try something new, try the workouts and see what you think of them. Because I think that you will enjoy them very much. And most of the gym ones, it sounds with the equipment that you have, can be adapted to home as well. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Joe Kitchen. Hello, Joe. Hi, lovely ones. I increased my calories from 14 to 1500 up to 17 to 1800 on your advice to get better consistency and adherence. I was overeating every 12 to 14 days or so. It's only been a week on the higher calories, but my head is now all over the place and I'm stressing out about burning enough calories to be in a deficit. I'm five foot two and my weight is currently 58 kg. I manage four home weighted workouts a week and 12,000 steps a day. Well, I was doing 12,000 steps a day. Since increasing my calories, I've been averaging more like 15,000, some of which uh, I've been running and it's a bit of a stretch to keep achieving that. I'm worried that on the higher calories, I won't be in a deficit anymore. According to my Fitbit... which i know isn't reliable but i still believe in it anyway i need to be that active in order to achieve my 200 to 400 calorie deficit each day goal i'm getting myself in a bit of a pickle i'm not surprised help thank you as always thank you for everything you make such a difference to my life okay so joe this is just a classic case of you getting caught up in I guess I don't want to call it fads these aren't fads but getting caught up in I guess numbers and not 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 particularly helpful targets as set for you by your wonderful Fitbit so 
Okay, what was happening with Joe, just to give this some context, is that like like she's saying, every one to two weeks she was massively overeating because she was finding herself, I guess, mentally, uh, psychologically, and potentially physiologically too, struggling on like a fourteen to fifteen hundred calorie bracket, which is obviously very low, especially if you're adhering to the expenditure that we're setting you, resteps and workouts. So what we said to her, and I'll reiterate this for you now, Joe, and everybody listening, we need consistency above all else else we need like ideally four weeks for four weeks of i've been sticking to this expenditure output and calorie intake and then we work from there so we immediately pulled her calories up but she will still be in a deficit on the calories that she is now on joe you are still in a deficit if you are adhering to the workouts and the steps that we have set you and we need to see what what happens with her psychology her relationship with food and also her physiology and how she responds so joe what I really want you to do is to only use your Fitbit to count steps. Now, I don't have a Fitbit and I don't know what the options are technologically with it. But in an ideal world, and I don't know if you can do this, but just turn off everything. Failing that, just fucking ignore it. Just use it to track your steps. Anywhere between a 10 to 15K bracket, if fat loss is the goal, is a great bracket to hit. Obviously, you go more extreme on that 15K, but I would say that's acceptable. Um, and it's slightly lower at the 10K, but again, really acceptable for the goal. Um, and keep hitting those gym workouts anywhere, like we always say, between three and five workouts a week we're happy with. And really, we just want consistency. And that's what, instead of focusing on fat loss right now, Joe, I just want you to focus on consistency. Stop focusing on being in a deficit. Stop focusing on your Fitbit. Stop focusing on all the, just focus on consistency. These are the numbers I'm going to hit. Steps, workouts, calories, and come back to us when you've got that consistency. And then we can talk about potentially changing the goal, psychologically speaking. Um, but yeah, you need to just trust in us. Let us do the coaching for you, not you or your Fitbit, and um, execute, Emma. That was brilliant. And, and I think just the only thing that I'll add is don't be scared of the increased calories, especially if you're being consistent. Like one, as Chloe said, that's almost definitely going to be a deficit for you. Two, even if it's not, you might put on a little bit of fat and then we'll be like, oh, this isn't a deficit for you. Okay, let's reduce your calories. Like, it's not like suddenly you'll go and become massively overweight. Like, it doesn't happen like that. It's very gradual things over time. So if for some reason, I mean, I highly doubt it, but that wasn't a deficit for you, then we just make some changes. So don't like over catastrophize things with the increased um increased calories although i know that it can be psychologically quite hard just try and rationalize that and be like okay well let's say this was a surplus what's what's the worst that could happen i store a little bit of extra energy okay then we'd know that that was a surplus and we just bring it back down but really as chloe's saying like consistency first and starting from that place as opposed to just changing your calories all the time is going to do you so much better and she just commented in the uh in the live saying sorry <laughs> like no, don't be sorry at all i think she's saying sorry because we were like not the fitbit but yeah don't don't let like things like fitbits put you off and yeah yeah and this is a learning curve as well like it's so funny this this holiday like i looked down i was over my last day of sunbathing and i was like oh i've gained a little bit of body fat which actually i i would manage to keep it off i'd manage to keep it back i was quite i was quite happy with how i was going <laughs> but as always it catches up i looked down and i was like oh i've gained a bit of body fat for the first time 
in a very long time. I was just like, eh, I'll deal with it when I get home. There was no panic. There was no shit. I should probably go get changed. I was basically in a thong bikini. Like, anyone who sees me on holiday, I'm essentially naked. (laughs) I'm like, thong on, like, top down. And I was just like, oh, well. And then we went for lunch. And I was like, it was our last day. And James was like, I kind of want pizza. And I was like, yeah, me too. And I sat there in my thong bikini, knowing that I'd gained somebody back, eating my pizza, happy as Larry. This is a learning curve. And I think it, hopefully, Emma and I are helping you guys get there a bit quicker. That's our goal as coaches, that, like, as Emma always says, this is about basic energy balance. There shouldn't be any emotion, any shame, any self-loathing wrapped up in whether or not you ate a bit too much and you gained a little bit of body fat. We know how to pull it back in. And, you know, if you're happy where you are, you stay where you fucking are. And the psychology of what we do and the psychology of you guys as clients and us as coaches, always it's always the thing that comes to the fore with this journey um and and you will all get there but i'd be lying if i if i said that i hadn't had many years of fucking panic and self-hatred and shame under my belt because i do but it's the goal really is to to joe i want you to like emma said start thinking about this more as like basic biology which it is and stop putting so much of your self-worth and and energy and focus into whether you're not whether or not you're 100 calories you know higher than you were and in less of a deficit than you once were and oh my god it's time for panic station defcon 5 it doesn't need to be like that and it shouldn't be like that yeah and i think not so much with this situation but it is quite common when we're like okay increase your calories and then people are like right okay so i'll just also increase my expenditure and it's like well that's negated the point because now you're in the same deficit which was causing you to overeat in the first place meaning that you're probably if anything gonna have the same problems again so that's why we're just changing one thing we don't really want you to change other things especially not if that means that you're really struggling and forcing yourself to go out and hit an extra 3,000 steps which really doesn't fit in your life and is potentially affecting time effort energy that you could be putting into other areas of your life you're already hitting 12,000 steps you don't need to be pushing that even higher Okay, um, we've got a question here. Hey ladies, I've hit my steps average of 12.5k a day. Made the effort to break my home office day with walking and running. I'm hitting macros of at least 150 grams of protein and 44 grams of fat and 1600 calories. I'm five foot three and I weigh 61 kilograms. It's a challenge to eat so much. I've done all home workouts this week and hit water, minimum of three liters. Wow, that is a lot of water. (laughs) um i'm a bit bloated could creatine be bloating me i've not changed weight though i am going to uh although i am going to really looking after three weeks wait I'm, i am going to really looking check after three weeks for consistency I think she just means she doesn't expect to see anything for three weeks anyway you guys are amazing by the way so helpful and honest and funny um Okay, I don't think creatine will cause bloating in the way that you think it will. I would suggest it probably won't cause any bloating whatsoever, but it might cause some water retention within your muscle, which you probably won't even notice. So that could be masking fat loss on the scales for sure. But if you're feeling bloated as in like a painful stomach bloated, it's probably not the creatine, although it can cause digestive issues. And if it does this is quite rare but if it does uh, i would just split the dose up so if you're having your full three to five grams in the morning maybe just split that up uh, Mm. throughout the day have some in the morning some in the evening 
yeah, I agree. Um, I think all your stats sound great. You know, your your calories sound great. Your your steps sound great. It sounds to me like you're really dialed in, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I've I've definitely had experiences of you know <laughs> crazy scale fluctuations and things when I started taking creatine, but that's typically when I do a loading phase, which I stopped doing for that exact reason because it's it's uncomfortable and it's also a bit annoying and long winded. Um, but if you're doing like a normal loading phase, which you are. Yeah, the goal is to have a little bit of water retention in the muscle, and it's unlikely that you're going to see that um, anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I would say it sounds to me like you already know the answer. You say like, I, I know I need to give this like three weeks. Give it three weeks. Emma's right. If that amount of water, I mean, I typically drink three to four liters a day, but that's that's I didn't just randomly start doing that. This is like years and years and years of me drinking, you know, prioritizing hydration and, and working up to it. And, but I would say that if you're if you've just like suddenly gone into drinking three liters water a day and you're feeling really bloated and slushy and water and you need to pee and it's uncomfortable, pull it back, back, back. Like do it gradually and stop when you feel hydrated and happy and yeah, you don't you don't need to be jumping into drinking three liters a day whatsoever. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. Is that it for the live? Uh, we have one, and annoyingly, because I want to wish you happy birthday, it doesn't tell me who you are, but it says, hi ladies, hope you had good holiday, Chloe, no question, but from today I'm balancing life and consistency, and it's my birthday, so yeah. tonight, not having it in the effort bucket, but just going to enjoy myself, Oh, sorry, something else popped up, with zero guilt, this week I've done three workouts, and then today, who cares? Love that I can find the balance and not feel guilty. Perfect. Yes. And See, massive happy birthday. <laughs> but we happy, can't... happy birthday. That is like, that's exactly what where we want you all to get. And we know that, like I said, it's a learning curve and it might take a minute, but that is where we want you all to get. <laughs> Someone's just commented, Canny here, my four-year-old this morning asked for creatine for her fifth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to create a child monster what's a normal age to start them on i'm thinking late teens um this is quite an interesting question actually i think that children probably can benefit from creatine now i don't think again this is true with a lot of we often get the question of like can i take it while i'm pregnant and the answer is like almost definitely yes there's no logical reason or rationale for it having any negative effects whatsoever and it would still have the same positive benefits that it does out with pregnancy but it's, pro it's probably not been studied so it's very hard for us to definitively say well I mean I don't say it probably hasn't like there isn't studies yeah. um, mainly because there isn't many studies on pregnant women full stop because you just don't want to do that basically um, and there's unlikely to be many creatine studies on children either kind of for the same reasons that it's very hard to get ethical approval to do anything with kids um <laughs> that sounds really weird uh <laughs> but uh yeah but i in in like in theory i can't see how it would have any negative impact but i still probably wouldn't given that creatine is created naturally in the body and it's it's it's, it's almost impossible well it is impossible for you to be getting the the amount that you would really benefit from from an, an animal protein diet i don't see why exactly what i said there would be any harm whatsoever in children taking creatine and the same thing applies to things like whey protein and fish oils and like all of those like 
perfectly natural, perfectly tested, trialed, you know, marketed substances. But yeah, but Emma and I always come back to like this tiny little voice in the back of our head, which is like, you're not a pediatrician or like, you're not an oncologist, you're not a doctor. And then you're just like, but just ask the question. But then even then I'm a bit like, well, we would probably know. Oh, I don't want to say that. Well, (laughs) I mean, I highly doubt a doctor's going to know. No, they. I don't think that they would. Or they probably don't even know what creatine is or how it affects. Like, and the amount of people that stress out about creatinine levels, and their doctors not explained that if they're taking creatine, it might be slightly higher, or if they've been resistance training, it might be higher anyway. Um, so exactly. I don't know if I, and if they were going to take it, if kids were going to take it, then I would obviously do a lower dose because they're smaller bodies. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to find. I just realised that I never did save and put up that creating thing. Um, okay, do we have anything else on the live? It was Caroline's birthday, so happy birthday, Caroline! Happy birthday, Caroline! Um, okay, anything else on there? No, we're all good. Okay, the next one. I know what I would answer to it, but Emma. Emma has two kind of areas where I typically will throw her questions. One is cancer treatment and one is diabetes. So I will throw it straight to Emma. Hi, Emma and Chloe. I'm undergoing hormone therapy as part of my cancer treatment currently, predominantly on very high doses of progesterone. progesterone, And my doctor says it will make it harder for me to lose weight. Although I have lost weight, it has been very all over the place. Do you think that it would be better for my calorie intake to be on the lower end of 15 to 1800 to combat this, I can't wait to get started. Thank you. Uh, pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but Emma, I'll give it to you. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that because the impact that these hormones are having aren't directly on energy balance. So by that, we kind of mean like if you're in a deficit, you'll lose weight no matter what. The hormones that you're taking might make it harder for you to stick to a deficit. That's how mm. it's impacting weight loss or weight gain, not mm-hmm. directly as in you need to drop your calories. So you certainly don't need to diet on lower calories. In fact, that's the exact opposite of what we would do. If you're like, basically it's already harder for me because I've got these really fluctuating hormones. So I'm going to try and make it even harder by sticking to an even bigger deficit. And that's probably going to massively impact your adherence and potentially your relationship with food and your enjoyment of life at the moment, which is already, your body's already going through a lot. You're already going through a lot. So the last thing we want to do is put you in a massive deficit. So one, well done for being here. Two, no, we don't need you to drop your calories. And I think a useful or an important note, I don't know if this is the same person, but I had a discussion with someone who's having breast cancer treatment at the moment on the EC method. And she was talking about how, like there's this big misconception that most people lose weight during cancer treatment, I think is some of the images you see around chemo, like, you know, people have like atrophied a lot. Yeah. But actually what normally happens with breast cancer treatment is people put on weight which is exactly why I was doing research in that area to see how that impacted people's risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes going forward yeah um but yeah I think a lot of people do have that notion still that cancer treatment equals weight loss and actually often the opposite happens and it completely depends on what treatment you're getting and the type of cancer that you have and yeah it's interesting, isn't it, as well, how we, you talk about cancer and cancer treatment and even like lifestyle treat, like thoughts and kind of ideas and discussions 
it's so dependent on the type of cancer like and it and it's so interesting how everything always just gets lumped in together um but the only thing that I would say is that on on the hormonal any kind of um hormonal kind of medication that any of you are on we have to really try and blitz this notion now and it's so common and it's such a it's such a standard kind of wrong statement to make that it's going to make you put on weight it's not injecting yourself and Emma and I say this all the time with like 3,000 calories like the the laws of, of energy balance still apply it changes your behavior and it changes your it, it changes your kind of your cute your hormonal cues and your reactions to said cues and ultimately if if you can adhere and it it might be a lot harder for you that is the problem but if you can adhere to the very simple rules that we set all of you 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 won't struggle with that kind of thing no yeah attention can play a role it is interesting with i think there's still again the notion that if you have cancer and i know that even knowing this like i think about it sometimes that if someone i loved had cancer i would do the same i'd like try and cover them in cotton wool like be like don't exercise don't go outside like i'll just do everything for you and actually that's like one of the worst things that you can do and we actually struggled to get a control group because there's so much evidence now that exercise is good for and this isn't actually again as chloe made a point like every cancer responds differently and exercise isn't actually good for all forms of cancer but the vast majority yes it is and it's especially true for breast cancer mm-hmm. but if you then want to apply for ethical approval to say that you're going to have one group of people go through treatment without exercising and actively tell them not to exercise like you can't get that anymore so it's very hard to get a, a control group of people who don't exercise through treatment in that kind of study in like a placebo controlled study yeah it's if it, the the kind of direct correlation for muscle mass and surviving not only again i, I want to i don't want to be I, I just want to say this isn't like a blanket statement for all cancers but the majority of not only certain cancers but also the treatment of said cancers it's it's there it's proven it's pretty undeniable so yeah it's if you can if you feel physically able to exercise to resistance train during that time it will likely hugely benefit you yeah and there's Um, really interesting research about like hit training and chemotherapy and increased um effectiveness and there are certain considerations to make as well and if anyone wants to talk to me about that you can feel free to message me but one of the primary ones as well would just be making sure that you're not going into like a dirty gym when your immune system is compromised so maybe home workouts might be better but again it depends on the treatment that you're being given like chemo probably wouldn't want you going to dirty gyms especially not with covid but other forms forms of treatment potentially would be okay yeah um okay let me just see that hasn't been replied to okay uh, Vicky Knox, hi gorgeous ladies. I'm back for a second round and loving the group already. I started creating on the last round and I'm definitely seeing a difference. So thank you so much for the recommendation. My issue is with gym confidence. I can talk myself out of going. I feel anxious about going. Sometimes I rush what I'm doing as I feel so uncomfortable in there and I just will not to go. I will not go if I know it's going to be busy. Any suggestions to help me with this? When I finish a session, I do feel good about it. And I'm trying to harness that feeling. Okay, so 
of course, you know, I'm going to say some stuff now and I'm sure I'm going to say some stuff now. But ultimately, this is in your head and this is work that you're going to have to do on yourself. But to help push you into doing that, here is what I'll say. I've been going to the gym pretty much on a weekly basis for nine years now. And I can tell you right now, nobody gives a shit that you're in there but you. It's all in your head. My favorite things to do are to, I remember like actually when I first started going to the gym before, actually before nine years ago, before I started lifting and I would just go in there to do cardio. As soon as I started sweating, I'd be so embarrassed that I'd leave. And the whole point, <laughs> my whole reason was to go in there, get on the treadmill. So like, how fucking ridiculous is that? I don't Imagine know sweating happened. in the gym, Chloe. How embarrassing. So ridiculous, but like... I don't know what happened and maybe it is that you know it was my my now ex-boyfriend who took me in there and he was a PT and he was a bodybuilder and he taught me how to lift and maybe maybe that bled me in with a really nice sense of ease and comfort until I was comfortable in there but I will say this like even if he hadn't nobody would have cared that I was in there but me and it would have all been in my head that anyone was looking at me or anyone gave a shit put in your favorite music the songs that make you want to get up and dance even when you're not drinking that kind of music you take a, a strong shot of espresso or whatever, something which is going to kind of, I like that kind of precursor of, well, now I have no choice but to go. If I really don't want to go, I'll take a pre-workout, which I accidentally did before this time. And then I'm like, well, now I fucking have to go because I've just taken a pre-workout. Put yourself in a situation where you have to go. And when you're in there, put yourself in a headspace where you enjoy it, like I say, with the music. Um, just thinking on that now, just something that came to me. Maybe it was the fact that I had that kind of PT support initially, even though, you know, fuck the fact he was my boyfriend, but I had a professional in there with me initially for the first, I think he was, he trained me really only for three or four weeks before I was like, go away. Stop my stuff. Um, but maybe that might be an idea, getting in a session or two with a PT a week to help you with form, help you with lifting, and also just psychologically bleed you into being comfortable in that and feeling like you know what you're doing because you've been taught. Um, that could help. Emma? Yeah, I agree. I think the confidence that you get from really like knowing what you're doing and you're not worrying, oh, am I lifting this the wrong way or is this bad form or anything like that? Like not that anyone cares, but that might give you some confidence and really as Chloe saying, like it's in your head. So it's what's going to make you feel confident doing that. But yeah, yeah just, just uh, the other thing is like the more you do it, the more confident you'll be. Like the more you put yourself in that environment where you don't feel that confident, the more your confidence will grow. So keep doing it and it's incredible that you're doing it and keep reminding yourself how good you feel after it. And I trust us, it, will, it won't always be that hard. But probably the only way through or the only way past it is through. Yeah. When like, I remember when the gyms were open again, I could not get out of my garage gym fast enough. I was like, get me in there. There's something about as well, like lifting in a gym space with like, I don't know, there's other people, like-minded people. There's something about it that makes me want to work harder and I do work harder and I work better. Um, yeah. I was asked today about what I thought about, um, some gyms have like female only areas. Yeah. And I was like, fine. You know, if it helps women go to the gym, absolutely fine. And I think that initially, maybe not initially, but I'm sure that they're, I've noticed they're more common in areas where there's more women who, I don't know, wear the hijab or something. So they're actually in the women only areas, they yeah. can take that off without men seeing. So I can see why it's like massively important there. But I think also if you're just a little bit self-conscious, I don't see a problem with having 
a women's area? No, I have two one-to-one clients um, and they both, they only, they go to women's only um, gym spaces because of their religion. And I love that. And I'm so like, I'm so, I just, I'm so happy that that's even an option. Like my very liberal soul is very proud of our, of our country and, and the fact that that's even an option. Um, for, but for also, women are like, I can, I can understand why if somebody's gone through something in their life or their past and being in an area like that with men like that would make them feel threatened. Again, as a woman, I'm thrilled that there's an option. When I take those two situations out of it, I personally, I just, I don't, but I'm, I, I grew up with three older brothers. So my whole life was just like roughhousing, rolling around, like always, there were always boys in the house. Like, so it just doesn't bother me at all. But I can definitely see why there are situations why for some women it would. And you've got to be responsible as a, a member of society and take those into account and be fair I think also just to ease yourself in as well just because from what I've seen whenever I've been to a gym that has a women's only area seems to be quite a lot quieter it's a smaller space there's less people around and then if you're like right I'm comfortable in here and I walk through the main gym every day and then you're like oh there's a piece of equipment out there that I kind of want to use and that just sort of eases you into using the main gym the big gym whatever there's an element of me, but this is what I mean. Like, I want to be a really responsible member of society and really respect other people's religious beliefs or, you know, personal situations. And so I'm all for it. But there's, there is an element of like the angry, like, no, <laughs> I will go in here and you will fucking watch me train and I won't shut up. And I'm like, so I, oh, like, yeah, yeah, I never go into the female part. Like I just go in to see what it looks like. And then I'm like, oh, there's not that much in here. <laughs> um right do we have anything on the live uh no we're good okay louise has anyone got any tips for meal planning i don't really know where to start with this as also cooking for the rest of my family one husband two kids now kyla has commented i don't normally read the replies underneath because they take up time and that's not why we're here (laughs) because i don't Um, care what anyone else thinks (laughs) Because we don't care about anyone, no. Uh, Kyla actually has a really good tip underneath. She says, my family dinner hack is to cook the same main event slash protein for everyone. And then I swap the sides for mashed broccoli or roasted veg, etc. I eat a very similar breakfast and lunch every day to keep it simple. I think those are great tips. And look, I'm not trying to upsell you, but if you <laughs> buy my last book, Eating for Results, it's like breakfast, lunch, dinners. There's vegan, vegetarian, animal protein options. There's like swaps and stuff like that. Fat loss recipes, which are just all kind of typically anywhere between that three and 500 calories per meal mark. There's muscle building recipes, which are in that like five to 800 calories per meal mark. And then there's general health and fitness recipes, which is much more focused on just like normal, whatever calories, but like much more kind of focused on really quote unquote healthy ingredients, you know, like your olive oils and your salmons and your you know, buckets of spinach and shit like that. People who are like, I want to get healthy, you know. So that would be a really good place. Just, you know what, you don't even have to fucking buy it. Just go to a shop and flick through it and see if you get some ideas. I typically have the same breakfasts most days. Um, It's really about, A, building your meals around protein and veg, figuring out what meals you like and figuring out how to kind of diet hack yourself into making them calorie appropriate for you. And Emma and I don't want to force meals on you because it's not, you're never going to stick to your diet that way. Figure out what meals you love, build them around protein and veg, diet hack them to make them more calorie appropriate for you. And just lastly on the family thing, tray bakes, you just do big mega tray bakes. You get big 
big fat old tray you can get four big portions in there of the protein and the veg and exactly what Kayla said Kyla sorry great tip then the sides that's where you can really kind of fuck around with what everyone likes and what, how to make everyone happy so yeah Emma yeah great tips I think the other thing is if you're eating a very similar breakfast and lunch I know this was the person underneath but if you're doing that and they're your meals that you eat on your own, but actually you always have dinner together as a family, which I think is excellent anyway, then just allow yourself X amount of calories for that. Know that it's going to be roughly 600 calories every day and just account for that. And it, some days it might be a little bit less, some days it might be a little bit more. Like remember that you don't need to be that anal about everything. You won't know exactly what it is. And, and as Chloe's saying, like you might do a tray bake. You might have slightly more portion than someone else like it doesn't really matter it's like minutia what we're looking at is behaviors over time and if you're doing that consistently and you're not losing weight we know that okay maybe we do need to get a little bit more specific about this or see where calories are creeping in but generally like most people don't ever need to do that they're like cool i have this breakfast and lunch which i know is about x calories and then i have a snack and then my dinner's with my family and i know that i always have about six seven hundred calories left for that some days it's about that. Some days it's a little bit less. Done. Like that's as simple as it needs to be. I think it's easy to get really fixated on the exact numbers and you're like, well, how would I possibly lose weight if I don't know exactly how many calories are in this? And that's something we need to like move away from a little bit. Like your body will account for that anyway. Just get consistent with things. And then if we need to amend from there, we will. Yeah, I love that. It, yeah. Um. I can't stop shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if that had kicked in yet. Did it have just... any beta alanine in it? I don't know. I don't know. Is your skin like itching as well? No. No, thank God. Okay. No, right. you're probably like, fine. Yeah, they've got the the black ops one. Oh my God, I can't. Have... Some pre workouts in me are just not brands. Any if it's just straight up caffeine, I'll do it. Um. Okay, Mary Brennan. Hi, Emma and Chloe. I will be doing my workout in the gym three days a week. Should I be doing the full body three days or should I vary it each session? Emma? I'm uh, doing three uh, workouts in the gym. Sorry, <laughs> where my voice went. <laughs> what? I'm doing three workouts in the gym. Okay, well then do push pull legs. Yeah, agreed. Um, Claire Dag, hi Emma and Chloe. Quick question regarding training. If I'm doing push pull leg split, should I be doing the lower body exercises in the push pull sessions? Yes. Or just leaving lower body for legs to allow for recovery time? No, no, no. You should be doing the sessions as they're programmed. Yeah. Which also, again which is why, like when you're when we go back to that last question, like, should I be doing full body? Well, push pull legs like there are some lower body exercises in there and so you are kind of doing pretty much full body on each day but there's just a bit more of a focus of each session 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 yeah. um also would you recommend doing two sessions if the goal is hyper would you recommend doing two leg sessions if my goal is hypertrophy particularly wanting to improve my lower body no, I would stick exactly to the program. And actually the fact that you're stimulating lower body more frequently, i.e. push-pull legs, you're, you're stimulating those muscle groups three times, that's better for hypertrophy than just having one day where you just train legs because you've probably saturated the muscle protein synthesis response from that workout quite early on and then you're just doing more volume. Whereas if you split that volume up into three workouts, you're stimulating it three times, you're much more likely to be able to 
recover and adapt to each of those workouts yeah guys don't forget like when we talk about volume and it really is volume over the course of the week so you can do like a few mega sessions and get all that volume in or you can do some less carnage sessions. Well, I Emma's programmed them, so but just something for you to all think about and understand. Or you can do like less extensive sessions and more training frequency throughout the week to hit that volume. But ultimately, you just want to hit that volume and allow for recovery. And however you do that is how you do that. Um, but yeah, stick to the sessions. Uh, she says, I'm going to be doing five training sessions a week and one yoga session a week as well. So okay. what would you say she should do then if she does five? I would push- do push-pull legs and then there's a full body workout or like yeah. a sort of bonus workout. Then if you want to do another one, I would probably create your own quote-unquote weakness day or like area where you want to improve day. So if you're like, yeah, do you know what? I really want to grow my glutes. Cool. Let's do a glute workout that day. Yeah. But really, that's a bit of a, like a bonus workout. Yeah, that's how I do it always. Um. Oh, good name. Aviv, Aviv Asbridge. Hello, lovely oracles of wisdom. <gasps> Stop. I don't feel very wise today. Emma's wise. Okay, here we go. Long time luck here, but I've finally taken the plunge and I'm excited to break a lot of my bad habit, habits around food. I'm 84 kg, five foot three, averaging at 10k steps per day. I just wanted to check in calories as I'm a shorty and I've seen some people being advised to start lower. Thanks in advance. Um, so Did she say how tall she is? Five foot three, 84 uh, kg. So I would oh say no. Aviva, five foot three and 84 kg, I would start you on that 17 to 1800 calorie bracket. Yeah. Um, because so, you're carrying around mass on quite a short frame and you can, you will absolutely be in a negative energy balance starting slightly higher. And like we always say, at some point we may have to lower calories 99.9% of the time we don't have to. Um, I would say 10K steps per day average is great. I really, really want everyone to try and aim for that. Like, again, if you're under that 15K bracket, try and aim to go 1K higher average, you know, every few weeks just because it's a nice way to keep up keep up that progress um and yeah that's what I would say Emma what do you think about that I think that is excellent advice and I think think today I know and I think just to reiterate like about why we talk about height ever it's not really it's your total daily energy expenditure is more to do with the total mass that you have so it's more to do with your weight than your height but the height maybe tells us how much of that mass is excess energy in comparison to if you're very tall, then we know that that's, you know, a lot of bone and whatever else. So yeah, don't worry too much about how tall you are because your total energy energy expenditure will be more dictated by the total mass that you have to maintain. Yeah. Okay. You okay? Yeah, you just said something and it took all my energy. What? It took everything. And I guarantee I say, you carried Was it bone? <laughs> okay. Uh, Emma, I'll let you take this one because why well, don't know actually. Mm, okay, so Samantha Parker says, please, can you re-explain the differences between supersets and giant sets? I'm getting really muddled in the workouts. So if you're doing my, I do all the homework, well, not all of them, a lot of the home body weight are Emma's ones as well. 
in the home weighted giant sets are, are, is every exercise back to, so typically supersets is two exercises back to back triceps is three giant sets is more than three back to back as one set so say three four five exercises back to back is one set um Emma, I, th- I don't know how, I don't know if you do it differently. So do you No, wanna... so I think what's confusing is the app says either giant set or superset as if they're significant, like they're distinctly different things, but they're not, they're the same. It's just that if you have two exercises back to back, it calls it a superset. And if you have more than two exercises, it calls it a giant set. So okay. they're, they're basically the same thing, just depending on the number of exercises that are put in them. So I can see why people are getting a bit confused, but really it's just, if I was doing a superset of press-ups and bicep curls, it would be a set of press-ups, a set of bicep curls, then I'd have my break, then I'd go again, however many sets I was doing. If it was press-ups, bicep curls, and lateral raises, I would do all three, then I'd have a break, and then I'd go again. And that would be a giant set. <laughs> you pre now making me sweat. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, Meg Rutherford. I'm still recovering from wrist surgery. I had a plate in my wrist after I broke it cycling three, she says, three M ago, which I'm guessing is months, not minutes. (laughs) 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 And I'm struggling with push push exercises that put weight through my wrist, like push-ups, high planks in particular. My physio has given me bare crawl type activities to do in moderation, but these are easier than a push-up, for example. I'm planning on subbing in physio-approved exercises where required, but given the relative ease muscle-wise, given the relative ease muscle-wise, do I need to add in any other exercises while I'm building up? I think your strategy of swapping out any of those weight-bearing through your wrist exercises with ones that your physio is giving you is a really good strategy. And yes, um, I know exactly what Emma's going to say. There are options of what you can do until it's better, Emma. Yeah, I think just do what you can is essentially the the answer that we give to all injuries. Like, okay, can you change this into an opportunity to do more leg work or work on your core more? Because I was just trying to think as Chloe was talking, like, are there ways around not putting any pressure on your wrist? And really, like, most exercises, at least most push exercises, there's going to a neutral risk might help or having some kind of wrist support might help. But there's still going to be quite a lot of pressure put through your wrist um you could also try things like depends where the break is and how bad it was and which movements are causing you pain but cuffs that you can attach um the cables to but again i i I don't think if this is just going to be another sort of month or two of building that strength back up i would just be like cool i'll hammer legs i'll do what i can upper body i'll let it recover and then as soon as I can, I'll start lifting heavier weights upper body. I think just allowing it to recover is probably the best option. I agree. Um, Laura, hi. I'm five foot seven and I weigh 65 kg. My long-term goal is to have some definition, but not be overly lean. I hope that makes sense. I know that body fat is hard to measure. So how will I know when the time is right to switch to maintenance and continue to build muscle? Okay, so first of all, if if your goal right now is to get more definition and you're not quite there yet, then yes, you need to be really kind of in that fat loss goal. And yes, like always with all of you, we want your resistance training in the gym. We want you getting your protein in because in an ideal world, we can build some muscle. 
you know, worst case scenario, we can at least hold on to the muscle that you have um, while you get to that goal. I'll tell you right now, Laura, getting overly lean is a it is something that you will know about when you start to get there. Uh, so it won't happen no by accident. I have no worries at all that you're going to wake up one day and be like, shit, I'm shredded. How did this happen? <laughs> you all know months in advance. Like, oh, this is getting much, much harder and I'm not overly lean and I'm happy. So that's fine. Um, and that is when you will know it's time to start to bring up your calories. And, you know, we just go on visuals. You don't need to know what percentage of body fat you are. 99.9% of people who think they know, it's inaccurate, but it's consistently inaccurate. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but you don't need to know. You will be able to tell on how your clothes fit you, how you look in the mirror, how you feel in your own skin. Um, you'll get to a point where you have that definition. You, you know, if you're like, and again, guys, I don't mean to offend anyone. I'm going on nine years of client experience here. 99.9% of clients are like, oh, I really like what I see in the mirror. I'm ready now. I'm done. And and obviously feel free to check in with us if you want. Um, but yeah, like I say, none of you are going to wake up one morning and be like, fuck, <laughs> I have striations in my glutes. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. And and yeah, like as Chloe's saying, feel free to check in with us, but we can't tell you when you've reached your goal. Only only you can say that the only time we would stop you is if we think you're getting unhealthily lean or you were saying that you were compromising other areas of your life and you weren't happy with that okay then we'd be like right let's look at your values and how they're aligned with your goals and whether your goal is actually in line with your current values and whether you should keep pursuing that but I think even in your question where you or you say my goal is to to look lean how do I know what body fat percentage I am you don't know what body fat percentage you will look lean at either. So actually having a number makes absolutely no difference. You've actually said your goal is to look a certain way. So when you look a certain way, that's when you've like reached your goal, right? Not when you have this random number. So you don't need those numbers. And even them being consistently inaccurate is dubious, like depending on the form, the method that you're using so someone posted in the group i think yesterday who was quite upset about one of the bioelectrical impedance machines showing that although that she'd lost weight since starting the ec method it said that she'd put on body fat now that's almost impossible to happen but it also just kind of like nicely shows the inaccuracy of those machines there's no way that you've lost weight while you've started resistance training more while you've stuck to a calorie deficit while you've been hitting your steps there's no way that you've lost weight and put on fat not a chance so it just shows that they're not consistently inaccurate. They're not accurate in the first place and just don't use them. Like they're so influenced by your hydration levels that unless you can be really consistent, even if you can be, but like you would have to be so consistent with your hydration status. And yeah, there's just so many factors that could it's all it. it's measure it's that's it that's all it's measuring is water and 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 there's so many things that in terms of what food you've had in the last 24 hours what time of day it is how much water you've had you know are you doing it consistently i mean even if you even if you were doing like really well the closest you can get really to accuracy with those machines it would have to be with the same technician at the same time of day uh with the same um kind of fasting uh water fast and food fast protocols they're so hard to get that even then it wouldn't be accurate it's so so hard two things that make me really lose respect for pts on the gym floor one when i see them walking clients over to that fucking machine i'm like stop stop and two when they just walk past someone with god awful form and don't do their job 
I'm like, okay, because that guy's about to throw his back out, but you just carry on walking with your zero client. Like, what the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> okay. I know. And then people wonder why they don't have any clients. And it's like, why don't you help people in a friendly, approachable way? I think people do struggle, though, to approach someone in a way that's, like, not offensive. Like, not like, oh, your form's awful. Yeah. But, like, you don't have to say that. You'd be like, oh, have you used this machine before? And they might be like no I haven't actually and you're like oh this is like a lot of people get this wrong actually this is how you do it yeah uh, I, I saw this woman on the gym floor like coaching her daughter the other day and everything every single machine was like it was just wrong 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 and I was like oh it's another generation of bad form <laughs> but I wouldn't go up and I wouldn't do it but then I think if I was a PT on the floor I would consider it my job or even just a gym instructor I would consider it part of what I would have to do be like mm, yeah that's-, that's an awkward position where you're like I know this person's teaching you how to do it but they're wrong so <laughs> your mom's wrong <laughs> what a way to get a slap in the face <laughs> <sighs> your mom's a dick <laughs> 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 uh, okay should we do one more do we have any on the live no we're good let's do one more look how shiny I'm going <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you need to go and train Okay, Sarah McCobb. Hello, lovely ladies. After slipping somewhat last round, I'm determined to crack fat loss. I'd love to switch to maintenance for my EC anniversary in October. I love the way you think. As of next week, I'll be back to work, and that plus my rugby training twice a week, plus again most weekends. I think I'm likely to only be able to fit in two workouts. I'm doing Emma Story Gordon's. Yeah, Thank you for using my full name. <laughs> I'm doing Emma Story Gordon's gym workouts. Ah, will it be better to go for two full body a week? And what should that look like? Or just do push pull legs on rotation, ignoring, I guess, the fact that she can't do them every week. Emma, um, are you, I, I would probably do push pull and then just add in a couple more leg exercises. Okay, that's it. We're good for now. Okay, excellent. Are we back tomorrow? No, so I have got... Look, we'll, we'll discuss this off air and then we'll post in the group. Okay. Okay, bye guys. Have lovely weekends. Bye, bye, bye.